that's uh, the, the modus operandi of this particular Discord channel is, if you're on it, you're rolling. Fair enough, that makes sense. Isn't that right, Sue? That is correct. Nice. Apparently nice. not. Can nice. you... <laughs> This is his uh, involvement, you know, he's probably been saying, you know, I talk too much. Today I'm going to say nothing. It's very topical. I mean, it's uh, it's a new form of expression. New. Yes, it is new. Look, it's new if you label it that way, right? What if we created an app that was about telepathic messaging? I mean, nobody can... It's brilliant because nobody can prove that it doesn't exactly. work. I mean. If anybody complains that it doesn't work, it's like, well, that's your problem for not being telepathic. I mean, and it clearly works. You. It works exactly. for me. Does it work for you? Yeah, it works for me too. What's your problem then? I could just imagine you in a suit and another bunch of guys who are all equally tall as you. And it works for, work for you? Yeah, it works for me. Does it work for you? Yes, it works for you. And then you both look at the customer in a way that... That makes them appear very stupid. Even even better would be if the first person just says, does it work for you? And then nobody says anything and you just exchange significant looks. <laughs> and then it finishes up with the first person speaking going, yeah, as you can see, we're all in agreement. It works fine for us. So what's your they problem? They stand and they stare at each other for 10 seconds and they sort of look around. And then when they meet eyes again, it's as though one of them has just told the best joke and they both erupt in laughter in the exact moment. <laughs> But it has to be like that businessman laughter. <laughs> Business. <laughs> oh, God, that's perfect. Wow, the, the waveform of that laugh is absolutely perfect. <laughs> Wait, which one, mine or was it yours? No, you're not recording mine. Well, I only yeah, see course. my waveforms, but it's just like it perfectly escalates up and perfectly escalates down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well no it's not that kind of laugh you very had, you satisfying had i mean i have a repertoire of laughs so depend depends which one you well, bring how out you, are you able to do you have a sampler are you able to demonstrate a <laughs> make a soundboard out of <laughs> exactly. everything you know that's the secret uh, that's actually just, that's actually why to, i'm doing the podcast now that you now that you know. just to cut yeah you just want to cut down the time that you spend communicating with people if you just make a soundboard that you can just use to reply to any topical situation that you encounter then it's perfect i mean i'm pretty much halfway there with all my content for sue i have him saying <laughs> that's I great man saying, that's uh, really great wow he goes wow and then he says that's great, man. And so I have these saved. And so, and with a couple others, I every now and then, when Sue is not answering, I just have a conversation with the soundboard. And it works like 70%, you know? Um, 70% of the time, it works <laughs> exactly. every time. Um, if you, Well, if you want to make a soundboard of me, then pretty much all you need is just, I get it. <laughs> exactly, I get it. Huh. Yeah, I get it. Huh, just the same it, button but, but you time. need the you, you need to say I get it in different ways because the I get it has you know progressive what? degrees yeah, of no, defense. I, mean, I get it. Yeah, you guys can hear yeah. me, right? Yes. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> totally. What was what was going on there? You were having some technical issues. Yes, sir. I mean, he was not using the telepathic app. That's for sure. So maybe so, the next idea is to have a telepathic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And at the end, he's like, well, thank you for tuning in and see you next week. 
<laughs> Come on. How? Two hours of, it's like two hours of silence with occasionally hearing people laugh and like music coming in clearly for jingles that are meant to be the ad breaks and stuff, but you still hear nothing except the music because all the spoken word is meant to be delivered telepathically. <laughs> exactly. Really there, there are some clear exceptions. But all the other cues are exactly. there. Like laughter is a clear one. Certain reactions cannot be telepathic, right? You, t laughter is simply not a telepathic thing. Let's be honest, right? Mm-hmm. Any like vocal reaction to stuff is there, but everything else is just silent. And it's also like, let's say you're speaking Czech with someone and you happen to also speak English in a certain context when you have a certain type of acknowledgement, you might switch to English to say a word like no way, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so you don't have to have, be purely telepathic. You, we can just have silence and then erupt with a you didn't. Oh, he did not do that. Oh, man. And then, and then everybody erupts in laughter at exactly the same moment. The fact is, we don't have to even have to do it the exact same moment. I can just retime it and make it work. And whenever somebody is listening to this in the present moment, they will have heard the laugh in perfect time and know that, that when it was actually recorded, it wasn't in perfect time. But as we move <laughs> forward, I realized in the podcast itself that it should be timed correctly. And so we, we bend. Mm, makes sense. It, it's, it's like that I... A movie within a movie or some sort of self uh, I, I don't what do you even call this multi-layer this is Christopher Nolan domain of uh, of complexity that's that's what I'm after well you can dream a bit bigger than that there's I'm sure there's even bigger more complex uh, directors out there who do even crazier stuff there is nobody Christopher Nolan is God <laughs> do not always, speak ill of the chosen one exactly and then so high that I have a a moment where we go, Nolan. <laughs> but it's sort of... Blessed be blessed his name. Be his name. Yeah. Sort of like Zoltan in uh, Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> or like Sharkbait. Sharkbait. Hoo-ha-ha. Sharkbait. Hoo-ha. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually a beautiful type of character writing where you, you come up with traditions that clearly exist between certain people which suggest a much deeper relationship that they have. You know, that oh, you mean like inside jokes and those exactly. kinds of things that just pop up between people who have clearly spent a long time around each other. Especially once they become things that they treat almost like their traditions, like the whole shark bait. <laughs> or shark, if, if a group of people friends. do it, then uh, at the same time, that's just one thing. It, it's not weird. It's, it's actually interesting and compelling. <laughs> because for, for a fact, what you could do is, let's say, okay, you've got four people here on the podcast, you say... Okay, we come up, we, we decide a couple of things that are our cues, that this is how we respond to these cues. So when Sue says, you know, uh, hey, and we all go, it, it is podcast time, you know, whatever, anything. <laughs> but we all say it at exactly the same moment. <laughs> so that whenever we invite a new person, it sort of overwhelms them with their lack of understanding of the inside <laughs> jokes that this group of people has. It, to, you essentially want to invoke the feeling that Western uh, participants get when they enter a Japanese game show or something like that. <laughs> exactly. You have no idea what is going on. We need sound it's effects. It's just all special effects and jingles and you have buzzwords and reaction shots and you have no idea what's going on and suddenly you're sliding through a 30-foot slime tunnel or something. Okay, so here are two ideas that I think we can immediately tack onto that. Firstly how complicated should it be to get a Japanese game show soundboard to, to actually keep it going in a, like in a pretty good professional way you are a very skilled audio technician I'm sure you could make this work correct probably I mean you just get a bunch of the most random assortments of sounds that you can think of together okay, fine and then point number two Tarek 
he's been editing uh, a, f- a fight scene that we filmed in 2011 and never edited. It actually purports to be the birth of Safety Man himself. Um, oh, jeez. So we wanted to dub it in Japanese, and we found some Japanese anime voice actors on Fiverr. And so what if we asked some oh, of yes, these ja- Japanese anime voice actors to be on our podcast? And we just talked. Man, that would be great. <laughs> this is part of your job. Because <laughs> why not, man? It's like, listen, I'm going to give you $10. It is one of my favorite things to find um, famous and popular films, especially iconic film lines, and watch them dubbed in other languages. And Japanese often wins, not necessarily because it's ridiculous, but because it's just the strangest one. Like seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator walk up to the police booth and deliver, I'll be back in Japanese is just brilliant. <laughs> All those iconic... For the record, it's Matakuru. Matakuru. <laughs> Exactly. Matakuru. Uh, yes, John uh, is very well acquainted with Japanese culture. You can ask him anything. He can um, he can definitely tell you all about kawaii culture, which I know Sue really is, subscribes to. Yeah. And if I don't, I'll definitely lie into making you think I do. So. <laughs> he, James can tell a very convincing lie. In fact, he can make any any lie sound a truth. If I'm going to be honest, I, mean, I did doze you, off for a little bit because I had a long day because uh, James' voice is very soothing. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, that's an unintentional that, side effect. That, that, is, perfect. that is actually very true. It's a very soothing voice. If you, if you read books for a living, man. <laughs> I, I tried to get into that market, but the, the best place to do that is open only to people living in the U.S. and the U.K., Really? Wow, what a... That's, that's mm-hmm. racist. Well, essentially... That's not racist. <laughs> that's racist. Because <laughs> the, the biggest database for audiobooks is Audible, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. which oh, belongs yeah, sorry. under Amazon. That brings me to uh, our sponsor of today's episode, audible.com. <laughs> Wait, what company is that? I, that's a pretty small company, right? Audible? Yeah, it's actually uh, it's actually an up-and-coming... Um, for four ninety nine, you can get the subscription now. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe now. But if you use, but if you use our special discount code, the link will be in the description. Then you'll get a twenty percent off for the first three months, and you know, that's and nice. And one month to James's OnlyFans account, free on us. <laughs> oh no, that that stuff definitely isn't free. I actually have a special account on OnlyFans. It's the other way around. The moment you get there, you are subscribed, and you have to pay to cancel the subscription. Hey, haven't you figured out some sort of Ponzi scheme where you have the Patreon people paying for the stuff that the OnlyFans people are funding and the other way around, something like that? Well, it's essentially structured like a pyramid scheme within a Ponzi scheme. So it gets really complex and intricate because then you loop that back around through a Venn diagram into another pyramid scheme. Ah, Whoa. the classic double dutch switch. <laughs> nice. nice. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man, it's been ages, man, since we pulled one of those. Do you remember? I think it was probably 97. 97 oh. in Oklahoma. And uh, and Jer- Jer- Jerry was there, right? That's true, yeah. No, man, Jerry. Oh. But where is he these days? Is he still oh, in Oklahoma? Jerry died. Oh. Was it because of us? Or? Um, do you know what a prolapsed I wouldn't want is? that on my conscience. Well, I mean, I have a rough idea, but... Yes, it was a very rough idea. <laughs> Anyhow, Jerry, uh, I mean, he, he, he served his purpose. He lived his life. Fun fact, he, um, he dabbled in archaeology. Oh, really? And something clearly must have dabbled in him as well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Many things. 
And that ends our sponsored read of audible.com. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear the rest of the story, then you got to subscribe and buy our latest audiobook. The Power in the Winds. By Jeremy <laughs> Jeremy. By Jeremy Jerryson. Jeremy Jerryson. Jerryson. Okay, so I know a guy called Jerry. At least he's called Gerardo, but for some reason he goes by Jerry. And apparently three days yeah because that's the better of the two names <laughs> us non-stop repeating the his name and elocuting it like jerry apparently apparently it wasn't enjoyable for him <laughs> he did not, he did not who, find who that sunk it? appealing oh that's interesting i i will mention though that you probably made him a life service there well it was incredibly difficult, and I think you might be able to relate when you interact with somebody called Jerry to resist the urge of saying it that way. Here, here, try and say the sentence. Hey, Jerry, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, Jerry, how are you doing? See, it's, it's hard. Hey, Jerry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You say the name first, like, you know, and then say, you have to say it again because you, you cannot say it in any other way. You know? No, you cannot. And so it's difficult. It's not a good name. No, it's, you have some of these names that just are f too fun to say for their own good. And if you're called that, then it will be the point of ridicule, Fucking essentially. Alexa. God, you're back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. my God. Can you imagine oh, how no. shit it is to be called Alexa right now? Yeah. Think about, forget about just the personal feeling. Just how about the time that anybody says your name? <laughs> like the music stops. <laughs> Maybe, like, like I feel like Amazon actually actually knew what they were doing. Like they, they, they had to choose a name that forever, they knew that, that anybody who's called Alexa will, you know, completely disappear. Watch it be some some woman who double crossed Jeff Bezos. He was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin your life. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna 100%. ruin the life of everyone else called Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, they developed Alexa back when Bezos was still married, so it could have been one of them just trying to win a petty argument of not having their kid named Alexa. It's definitely some. So they just named the product that. It's like, well, we can't call our if, kid that now, had, can we? What if they had a miscarriage and then uh, they were going to call her Alexa? And That's... then she, she, they, gave, they gave birth to the world. They gave birth to Alexa. Oh, so it's like a memorial thing. All right. Yeah. Like, a, she, like that film, She. It's kind of sad. This, I mean, yeah, yes. yeah, that's depressing. Why not? No, it's they, beautiful. I mean, I, I, the way I interpret Sad it, can I be beauty it too. As a, as, a, as a tasty power move, in fact. Oh, tasty a classic power tasty power move. move. I mean, you just, evil, you, 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 you're stealing a phrase that I taught you, which in itself is a tasty power move. So I, I have to give you kudos <laughs> for that. And you have to simply respect that anything that isn't tasty power move must be respected as such, even if the move itself. Oh, absolutely. Is, can be. And it's, it's such a satisfying phrase to yeah, use. True. Tasty power move. I mean, in some cultures they call it a big dick move, but I feel tasty power move has a bit more elegance to it. And, the, and it's also more inclusive. Yeah, the whole three, uh, the all rating, the all rating that they give it, that the FCC gives it a, a real flexibility. Tasty power move. Are uh, Sue and Sarah, are you able to sort of picture what a tasty power move is? All I picture is a Cinnabon when you say that. A Cinnabon? Yeah, probably because I'm hungry, but... I mean, it's like a... It's like... Imagine a Cinnabon, but of dominance. Oh, yeah. Cinnabon... C the brand Cinnabon <laughs> is top cinnamon bun. From the low angle. Brand, yeah. 
I mean, they've probably, at this point... Okay, for example, I think American Airlines, the name American Airlines, was kind of a tasty power move. Because whenever you want to describe an American airline, you're like, fuck, I'm saying the brand. <laughs> and you have to say a, a United States carrier or a, a U.S. airline. And even then, that's a different airline, isn't it? Yes. It might be. It should be. You know, I watched a documentary last night about Bill Murray. Ooh. What a guy. What a guy. And so th this, the way this guy does it is he realizes he can't actually get in touch with Bill Murray. So he just chases a b down a bunch of people who all have Bill Murray stories. And it seems like consistently the guy just shows up at random parties in random places and just hangs out with people. Never tries to make the night about himself. So he just hangs out with them. And they have the best night of their life. Anytime people ask him to do something, he just sort of lives in it. And, try and, tries, and tries to give these po people, like, the way he describes it, to wake them up. You know, I will. I will very gladly come back to that because I'm an absolutely huge fan of Bill Murray. So I'll be very happy to hear more about him. But you're telling me that essentially this entire documentary is a project about Bill Murray that doesn't contain Bill Murray because I love that idea. It seems very Bill Murray in itself, <laughs> and it gives me so many. Now that I know that I can film a documentary without ever having to meet the subject of my documentary, then it gives me so many ideas for documentaries. Right. In fact, I mean, you could have an entire documentary that's you in various different costumes, pretending like you're a different person, talking about someone. And you could... If nothing else, it could be classified as research into mental health, it's but true, yes. and you could be talking about yourself, but the self you're talking about is like the true self. You know, you have to do some mushrooms or something to be able to see it from that perspective. But it would be deep, man. And you probably have to do some mushrooms to watch and it as well. you know but what yeah. it's called? It's called John or James. <laughs> Bum, bum, bum. I didn't see that one coming. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> uh, but my favorite Bill Murray story that I've uh, heard recounted several times is um, I believe he was at the film festival South by Southwest. Yes. And he took over the bar at one of the rap or not, sorry, not rap parties, just at one of the big evening parties there. He kicked out the bartender, placed himself behind the bar, and he was serving everybody in the bar at that party drinks all night. And apparently, no matter what you ordered, when you came up to that bar, you were getting a shot of tequila. Wow. You know, you know, because I realized he was just pouring tequila left and right for everybody and didn't matter what you wanted. When you listen to him talk, he, he's kind of rational about it. He's like, you need to wake people up. And you know that by having a great moment with someone and sharing that moment with them, they keep that with them for their whole lives. It's, it's just, that's just the truth of it. Without any ego or anything, that's just the truth of it. And so if, I, if somebody wants a photo, like a mom said, hey, can I be in... Bill, can I have a picture with you? And he goes up to her and he picks her up. And then they smile, you know? And it's one of those things where you keep that for your whole life. That little moment that took yeah, 10 in, instead of being just, hey, this is a picture of me with Bill Murray. It's like, hey, this is a picture of me being held by Bill Murray. You won't believe the story behind mm -hmm. it. So think about how a lot of That's celebrities the type of guy he feel, is. Well, a lot of celebrities begin to feel extremely insecure because they feel like the person that's being represented, this doppelganger of themselves, is not who they are. And Bill Murray is one of the few people who clearly people understand him to be the person that he is. And he consistently confirms that, that when you be meet Bill Murray, you meet the person you thought he was. Who else do you think you can name out of, especially out of celebrities, mm -hmm. that that fits to as well? Um, who does that apply to as well? said Robin Williams, but I'm not sure. Hmm. 
I would agree, but then again, the whole thing is, yes, I agree that Robin Williams probably was very much in real life the same person that you felt that he was based on what you saw on screen. But partially, I feel like the reason those two personas fit together very closely is because the persona he presented to the world was essentially a lie as well, because he was, as we all know, he was battling severe depression, which ultimately got him in the end. And... But that means that anybody who met him was given a lie, essentially. I'm sure he, maybe he was open about it to some people, but not to anybody who met him. So yes, it's probably not a very appropriate example now that you describe it in such uh, clear terms. Though I think <laughs> no, but it, but it's not a bad example in my mind. Yeah, he was probably very much the same off screen as he was on screen, the way people imagined he would be. But Absolutely. it comes from a totally different place, right? Clearly, Bill is a guy who's just deciding to live life, and in, you can imagine how enjoyable it is for him to, to imagine knowing that just you being anywhere with just normal people everybody loves you and they want to be around you and they want to laugh with you and all you have to do is just be normal and hang out with them and the amount of positive energy you get in a night and you make people feel great about themselves right it's not about you that's what bill knows and so it's i'm sure it's this crazy crazy medicine for the soul he 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 needs to keep doing this type of stuff I feel like it's also oh, with Lord. his like his generation of actors and musicians and stuff like that because I feel like the younger the famous people are the less uh not approachable yeah I guess approachable they are because they feel like they I don't know made it in a different way and just have an arrogance about them no matter what I agree with that there's clearly some living that has to happen for a lot of people before they realize these types of things right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but even mm-hmm. then would you say that there's any young person out there who you feel is i i imagine russell brand to be exactly the guy you think he is an asshole no he's no he's not an asshole at all he's okay so maybe then you <laughs> then you don't think he's because at least i've listened to his podcasts he's extremely like introspective spiritual uh curious spiritual guy. exactly spiritual really 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 english oh. <laughs> Somehow, somehow spiritual and English are not is not a combination that I feel comfortable with. <laughs> no. <laughs> On what level? Like, I don't. I don't want like a. I don't. Well, I don't know. I just feel like seeing. If I see somebody who I would define as like a guru or a shamanic or like a hippie type vibe of that like spirituality and whatnot, a British accent does not fit with that. I mean, imp- imperialism. Maybe. The image, the image feels strange. But you know but what accent? Same time. You know what accent done, does fit with that is German, hands down. <laughs> yeah, we have that somehow that makes it interestingly pretentious. Welcome to some meditation. <laughs> yeah, and you you have to unlock you have to unlock your chakras. You know, it is very important. Oh, you didn't unlock your chakras yet. <laughs> oh no, the energy oh, must flow freely through your body. <laughs> Relax! You must relax! You you have Hans and Lars and Johan sitting in the corner with the sunglasses yeah. on. And, the tonics, and they are looking at you. They are drinking the beers. They are drink, the, and with the little round gla- glasses on their exactly, face. Yeah. They, are drink, they are going to go outside and ski for... <laughs> now I'm French. Looking at them. Sorry, I, I drifted into the French. I cannot do anything about it. So you can be Swiss German then. 
Well, I, as I would like to point out, the Germans also drifted into the French and nobody could do anything about nobody it. Nobody could do anything <laughs> about it. <laughs> oh, this is the moment for Sue Hype to... Or for Sue, I'm sorry, as I keep pronouncing the name, I can mute it later in the, Stop in the recording. Stop it. Stop it. Please, please maintain the anonymity, please. Um, I will I will blank it. I will put a beep sound over beep. it. <laughs> I always appreciate the idea of randomly placing beeps. Or even having some sort of algorithm that decides to place three random beeps. And you have no idea where it's going to put them. But if you're talking about something completely innocent like a kid. And like you just say like, he's a beep. And you just all say... <laughs> He's a great guy. <laughs> okay. How can we actually achieve this uh, in some sense? Well, to put the random beep. There's a, there's, a brilliant ex there's a brilliant example of this. If none of you have seen it, the, I'm assuming most of you are familiar with uh, the Count from Sesame no, Street. Yes. Yeah. Video many times. I think I showed it. <laughs> there's a video of, of the Count of Sesame Street being censored out, right? It's brilliant. <laughs> classic, classic. So, but I, what I mean yeah, for that us, is ancient. in the end, that's, people ask, why, why are you doing a podcast? Why, why, do you, why, why do you need to do something? Where does it need to go? And I think look, where it needs to go is wherever it is in that particular moment that it is. And so... You know, France, Sudetenland, Poland. Exactly. This is what we call Lebensraum. This is the first concept <laughs> that we must discuss in our class today. <laughs> Lebensraum. I remember that uh, James and I, we um, we would occasionally, we, when we are in Amsterdam, uh, be in the same room, and uh, we would have guests of various um, nationalities in the room, and uh, occasionally, now I'm Dutch. Uh, no, you're Dutch. Uh, <laughs> James and I, we would uh, just uh, try different uh, accents, but it's. For some reason, we were um, we just connected, you know, in the, in the same spiritual membrane, and everybody thought that we were Scottish or British or something. Wow. And it came as quite a shocking revelation to them when, after about 30 minutes, we dropped the accents, and some people even had a mild mental breakdown because of it. <gasps> It was in, Sue and I watched this Reggie Watts video a couple of days ago where he just opens the entire thing just speaking in, as if he's from London, but it wasn't that bad. It was a little bit stereotype anyway. But I, I just thought he's English. He plays a song and then he continues in his American voice and doesn't make any note of it whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's the funniest thing. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Sarah and John or James. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that performance from Reggie Watts, I urge you, this is of utmost importance. I'll, I'll Experience the whole thing. I'll move it to the top of the list like, of things you've recommended. That is simultaneously very sweet yet very mocking at the same time. No, it is an actually <laughs> long list. <laughs> It but is. It's, yeah, it's a I, good one. Like what you can hear is just like pages like flipping, flipping, like <laughs> flipping. Yeah, it, it had that energy of like, yeah, let me get right on that. <laughs> well, but then it's just the list is ongoing, you know what I mean? Exactly. You have to dedicate at least 45 minutes a day if you want to catch up, you know, in a two-week period with it's this true. list of recommendations. And so I, I, re I recognize that for a modern, you know, business people who do business things, there's not a lot of time to do non-business things. Mm. You know, but that's none of my business. No. <laughs> oh, boy.
Oh, this is the, this is the wrong one. What, what is he doing? Reggie Watts. So what's funny is that the three people on this podcast currently were at some point in our lives decided that it was funny to, to, to dress in scrubs and face masks, pretend to be surgeons <laughs> in a hospital in Jordan. And get away with it and just perform surgeries <laughs> and people would let us. I mean, up until, you know, the deaths. But we got away with the, f- f- the first few of them just by bullshitting out of it. Voice? But, Do you hear you know, his voice? All he has to say, I'm the doctor. <laughs> can you, okay, can, can you please say the following sentence? I'm a doctor. Ma'am, Let me in. No, it's, it's like, ma'am, I'm a doctor. I'm so sorry we couldn't save him. <laughs> what? What do you mean him? It, it was my daughter. That's what I said. <laughs> Ma'am, ma'am, I'm a doctor. <laughs> no, no, no. In fact, I'm the doctor. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like authority itself? Like, I had to shut up, you know? Even though my daughter is <laughs> a man. Um, okay, so I do have to... Sentences? Uh, I'm just letting you guys know I have to go because I have to go run activities for high school students right now. So, But it was nice talking to you guys. Bye. That's All so right. fun. That's it right. is so, fun. It's a scavenger hunt, so. Sarah, we'll scavenger remember, how we si- remember how we sign off. <laughs> she misses the point. <laughs> she, she wait, the she, point. Said, she said, okay, remember how we sign off. And she's like, yeah, I turned it off. <laughs> like, that's how we sign off is to turn it off. That's yes, No, the way we sign is, off is just saying stop <laughs> there's no bind there's I, just, no I know formality. you know it's just sort of it's supposed to pop up out of nowhere once it all clearly seems to be fatigued someone's like Bop, call it <laughs> it's over no the best thing is if if it's not everybody at once somebody exactly like uh like sarah just leaves so says stop leaves and nobody else acknowledges it <laughs> exactly oh, yeah. just continues so, I mean, on traditionally because that's actually what i like about okay this is beautiful this is how you'd want to set it up that regularly people like you and Sue, whatever, whoever has this sort of mics set up and ready to go, see that this, this discord chat is on. And so you just pop in and pop out. So it's just a constant sort of flux of people who join at, with no plan to join whatsoever, you know, wouldn't that be cool? So if you sign out with the word stop, do you sign in with the words begin? <laughs> exactly. I have entered Commence. the room. <laughs> Proceed. Hello. Something, something dark side. <laughs> is that, where's that, what is that? Family Guy. Star Wars parodies in Family Guy. The joke was, the reference was something like, we finally figured out the script writing formula for, for Star Wars. Something, something, something dark side, something, something complete. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, where, the position of where I work is at a restaurant currently, and uh, I, I work at the bar. So, today I was empty, emptying a bottle. And for the first time, I kept a little bit of the bottle of the of the liquor inside of it, and uh, took it with me. Um, f- firstly, for the purpose of uh, more water bottles, I need more of these glass water bottles, so I'm collecting some. And then, secondly, to to enjoy this 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 drink, it's called cardamaro vino aromatizzato amaro al cardo. So it's just this uh, wine-based 
<laughs> it's a wine-based uh, bitter, uh, uh, Amaro. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a vermouth or a bitter or something. Yes, yeah. ask uh, Yannick, uh, could you ask James to, to pronounce the name of that drink? I think you'd be very satisfied. Oh my god! If you if you if you send me send me a screenshot of the bottle if you can or something because yeah, do it. otherwise do I just it. won't remember do it. all of it. In the group. <laughs> this is important. This like, is very important. He's, he's, going, he's like, <coughs> <coughs> let me get, let me get my. All right. And he's got a killer microphone too, so it's gonna feel like it's me and you, Sue, and then there's like a radio announcer <laughs> who's on the same conversation. <laughs> It'll be like God talking. <laughs> like God. Hello, gentlemen. You know, f- funnily enough, I've had somebody say that to me at work in the TV studios, because essentially. Um, we have you have the studio itself which is the place where you have all the cameras lights and whatnot and then you have the control room which is usually a separate room often down the hallway or in a completely different part of the building where you have all the um control equipment and all the communication systems and how you control your broadcasts and you need to be able to speak from your control room to the studio now often presenters and on-screen talent will have earpieces and headsets that you can talk directly into their ear discreetly but there's usually a loudspeaker system as well that you can talk to just the entire studio at large, wow. especially when there might be people who are not wearing headsets. And in the control room, I can flick a switch and listen in on everything that's happening in the studio, even when the mics are not oh, live, man. so that I can know the situation. <laughs> so and there's people the in there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you, you gotta know what's going on. And there were people who were preparing to work, and... Is that a news <laughs> It's like a news place? Totally, totally normal fact. Yeah, so exactly. It's a news broadcast channel. Wow. So it's like the implication. The, I need to understand the fluidity of the situation, yes. Um, and there was a new presenter. She was, I believe, just practicing essentially that time. And she had some questions for the camera operators about some things and how things are done. And it not being their field of expertise, they weren't exactly immediately able to answer her. So I just got on the loudspeaker and answered her question. So it just my voice boomed out through all the loudspeakers across the entire studio. And she was like, I think I just heard the voice of God. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. That's really good. All right, let me see this bottle. Just just imagine them looking up, you know what I mean? Just like looking up after (laughs) What if if you routed some some reverb through your PA system? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the bottle you brought home would be something like Cardamaro, vino aromatizzato, amaro al cardo. Oh, man. If there are women listening... (laughs) (laughs) Put your children to bed. (laughs) This has gotten serious. This is now the late night special portion of the podcast. This is where we add some smooth royalty free jazz to the background. It's yeah, it's where we add the smooth royalty free jazz. We recommend that you dim the lights and uh, put on some candles. And I shall be strategically moving my microphone around so that instead of speaking to you like this. I will now be speaking like oh, this. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, no. How are your Friday evening going? Oh, yeah. my. I can't even, I can't I even cannot, imagine how it's going to be. Deal with that. I could not deal with that. <laughs> it is really hard for me to keep that up with a straight face as well. Oh, man. It's, like, it's a yeah, no safety man, man. Like, <laughs> material. 
It's just like the, the, it has to be like the outlet podcast for people who feel like they have nobody to talk to. So it's like, so tell me about your day. <laughs> Man, dude. Did anybody give you trouble at work great. today? <laughs> <laughs> do, you think that, do you think that would add value to the world? Honestly. <laughs> I'm sure there's a market for it. Put it that way. Oh man, I never thought about this. You you have this exactly, dude. You got to do the voiceover. Okay, so now we have a few more pieces, right? So we're working on this TV show, and we have this one character. It's called Amos J. Yoder. <laughs> oh my god. And, <laughs> and he's um, he's based on this one guy we know called Brian. And w- suddenly, when it hit us, we realized he looks straight out, straight up Mennonite. Like his whole facial, everything about him has that old-fashioned, like pointy chin and nose type of feature that looks like he's biblical. He looks, biblical. He looks like a biblical man, and so. He's just a First Testament exactly. dude. So we started like riffing on some brainstorming, coming up with ideas, and so we we decided, okay, he's on a rumspringa. So if you, which you don't, if you don't know what it is, for <laughs> oh, listeners yes. who don't know what it is, it's the it's the sort of rite of passage where you leave your Mennonite or Amish community for what anywhere between like six months to two years to sort of experience the world outside, and then at the end you face and the you prophet. do not have to come back. You have to choose. Do you choose? To be Amish and accept that you have to forgo all technology or do you leave? The thing is, it's not that easy because leaving means turning your back on your whole family, on everything you know and being shunned by them. And so it's a very sort of difficult, difficult emotional place. So this character, Amos, he's been he's been in the Rumspringer for like five years and he's <clears throat> now he's looking for a different place to, to live because he wants to be a little closer but he not too far away. So he finds this little sort of shack in the backyard of a house where a house full of teaching assistants and they have a shack in the back and he he rents it for a hundred bucks and Amos hundred bucks a month or something and he walks in and there's a bunk bed and it's just one little room with a tiny sink in the corner and a bunk bed and then he hears some sort of metal clanging sound and he walks outside and he sees Jesus an essentially illegal immigrant who is washing himself with a bug metal bucket and soap outside in the cold winter <laughs> and he's like hey uh, i'm your new roommate and this this is how the television show starts and so you have to narrate it and tell how it how this where's this set deerfield massachusetts at least that's how it's set okay okay that's where we we're sort of inspired by this group of 22 year olds 23 year olds that are all really vibrant and funny that are living in the house that is owned by the Rockefeller family and has ivory tipped canes from the 1800s in just and old paintings and it's hardwood floors it just feels like people have mustaches in that home and have been smoking cigars their entire life if you do not have a mustache you will automatically gain one upon entering the premises exactly. that's what it feels like i feel like people have been caned with those canes and not the good kind of caning. <laughs> not the good kind of caning. It's a very bad kind. <laughs> and I, there, were, there were far more details. It was that he starts to develop some kind of sexual um, depravity. You know, he definitely becomes a simp. A hundred percent simp. <laughs> you know, and he becomes the type of character that you, where you get to explore the idea of Charlie Day. But it's... Because mm-hmm. f- Charlie Day, in some sense, has a purity about him. You know, not, Charlie Kelly, I guess, Charlie Kelly in the show. He has some purity about him. He's a, he's actually a good guy. 
Whereas the character here, we're not trying to redeem him in any way. We're just trying to have him enter different dimensions of depravity. You know, he's that sort of, he's that alter storyline, which we would always consider for ourselves, but would never even remotely act upon because it's just so far out of whatever it is that we are connected to in our day-to-day lives. I find it interesting how difficult it is to imagine the concept of an Amish simp, but well, it's just a funny mental image. I think you, I'll show you some videos of this guy and you'll see him. Um, You'll see exactly. <laughs> oh my God, that's a good setup for hey, hey, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> you did make me wonder, just unrelated to the show right now. A thought crossed my mind when you were talking about the Rumspringa and those traditions. Is there? There must be. Is there something like a a support and aid community, essentially almost like a NGO or something that is aimed at? helping Amish people, well, kids and teenagers, technically, who have decided to leave the Amish community during their Rumspringa. You know, I actually got in touch with someone over on Reddit who told the story of being one of the people who left this community. And I, hmm. I actually got in touch with them. I, I think I could even set up an interview if we wanted to do it. And because I thought I really did think that although the character would be funny, I wouldn't create any character that doesn't actually have depth. You know, beyond... Yeah, of course, you want it to be also, like, based on factual information well, and all well, that. The thing is, I, I don't... I actually... My relationship with facts is a little different. Anyway, I, I think... I just want it to feel like it's trying to pay attention to what goes on. You know, I can never promise that I can capture anything as fact, because I never witnessed it or experienced it myself. But what I can do is make a, an honest effort to try and demonstrate some depth to the actual feeling of the problems that they have to encounter you know because the facts are, won't, don't matter so much as how these problems actually feel for people the pressures that you want to make it relatable yeah exactly so like I, I don't want to make a, a film about an Amish community that doesn't have Instagram in it I want, I want, I want to have Instagram you know <laughs> I consider this a non-negotiable part of my like artistic vision you get me Instagram or I walk or I walk is Sue here I'm here. Uh, hello, are you, hello, hello, hello. Yeah, I can hear him. Are you, uh, are you lucid? <laughs> no. When you look lucid at that dreams. GIF image of Alex, what, how does it make you feel? Lucid dreams. Uh, it kind of makes me feel famous because I know a person who can who does those kinds of things. I'm telling you, he was he would be the star of our show just by filming him. Because there's so much good energy in him, you know? And you don't meet people like him. I really, I've realized this as I've lived a little bit longer. How, have you ever met anyone remotely like him? Mm-mm. Like our good friend, the Don? Yeah, God, yes. man, that guy. No, that's a, that's a life force in itself there. <laughs> he had... that's, the, that's the unstoppable pow- force and the immovable object, both in one. And then he is the third member of our uh, travel rest days, which brings us to our uh, our next sponsor. Oh man, <laughs> man! Imagine getting travel rest as a sponsor. That would make it like a what, like a thirteen-year? How long have yeah. we been doing stuff? Essentially, almost like yeah, let's say twelve, thirteen-year partnership with travel rest. <laughs> and I think we could do it. There's something beautiful Our about that. Our longest cons- uh, sponsors, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Travel okay. rest. Can we make it happen? I mean, I'm sure we could. Imagine if we just reshot the commercials we did in Jordan for them, but 
on like the, with the skill set and the technology we have available today to us well, well we could come up with different ideas in fact of course we, we yeah but them, even you know? like those ideas sure but those ideas are still great in the, in and of itself but we can of course come up with more topical relevant things yeah, we definitely owe it to them so at least here brainstorm some other ways look it was comfort when you most need it right there was that idea that you needed relief <laughs> in the moment now that just makes me think of a funeral or something yeah, but relief relief like what in what what the well yeah i mean I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing there's that's an idea for when you offer somebody a travel rest but pillow my first image is of a guy really trying to squeeze out of a, a, a difficult difficult shit i just heard some shutters closing passive aggressively <laughs> what <laughs> Somebody no longer wishes to be part of this conversation, <laughs> even passively. Well, I feel bad though, you know. I don't. I don't want to bother people. But what's their problem for listening? Exactly. You know <laughs> if you want, if you want to live in a quiet place, you shouldn't live in the city. Well, it it almost brings us back to like, well, the telepathic chat app doesn't work for you. That's your problem. Isn't it though? As between you and God, fella. If you think about it for a second. Honestly, could you tell me truly why I, somebody should not make noise beyond a certain hour? Beyond the obvious response of, oh, well, people have to work. Mm, I guess the only thing that comes to mind really is just causing discomfort to others. But people don't seem to mind it on weekends because they don't have to work. So clearly work is the... Is the yes, they the fact right? that they have to wake mm. up early. Okay, so what it means that, okay... If you will compromise, there's mitigating their circumstances. You compromise yeah. their sleep, which will therefore compromise their work. And if you compromise their work, um, no, I wouldn't. For some people, it's definitely that. I wouldn't necessarily say that for a lot of people, it's the motivation of you're gonna make me perform bad at work. Not that many people care that deeply about their performance on the job. They care about the fact that they will wake up feeling underslept and will feel discomfort throughout the day. Mm. But the only reason why they have to wake up early or why they will feel like that is because they have to wake up early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why they're more forgiving on the weekends where they feel like they're not attached to a sleep schedule possibly. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you a, a Zen parable, a Tao, an old Tao parable? Mm -hmm. There's um, an old man who has a beautiful horse and the beautiful horse escapes and runs away. The neighbor sees it, comes up to the old man and says, Oh, I'm really sorry. That, that sucks. Uh, I'm, I'm really sorry. And the old man says, It's good. Uh, hey, what did he say? He says, It's good, good, bad, who knows? That's what he says. Is it good? Is it bad? Who knows? The following day, the stallion returns with seven wild mustangs that it, that it met somewhere. The neighbor comes to congratulate the old man, and the old man says, good, bad, who knows? The next day, the old man's son is riding one of the wild Mustangs, and he, the Mustang rears, and the son falls down and breaks his leg. The neighbor comes over and says, oh, I'm really sorry that happened. The old man says, good, bad, who knows? And then the next day, an army uh, recruiter comes dra trying to draft young men and then sees that the son had a broken leg and decided to skip the house. The neighbor comes to congratulate him and the old man says, good, bad, who knows? And that's the end of the story. I get what you mean, but 
Now try and link that back to making noise outside at night and keeping people from sleeping. Like take, show me the next two or three steps of that that would be akin to this story, just for fun as an exercise. My question is, uh, we've decided what we consider to be considerate or inconsiderate behavior because we've decided what is good and what is bad. But really, do we know at all what is good or bad? Like, is does it mean that, is it possible to assume that there are there's a positive type of repercussion that could happen, that could happen, that might result in a much greater positive net gain? Of course. Even then, the point is, that's not why that this question, this story exists. The only reason the story, the story, all it serves to say is there's hardly any point ask making a value judgment or interpreting anything as good or bad because it's about defining something that you've only, that you've never seen, you haven't seen how it plays out. So there's no point trying to define it ever. Just take it as it comes. The Big Lebowski. You keep getting back to it, you know. It's there's definitely a lot of truth to that, but as a counterpoint. I would mention that most of the things in this um, little Zen anecdote and other like like situations are they're mostly one offs or at least the ones that happen in the example of this story you told they are one offs as in the neighbor's horse the man's horse does not run away every day the army recruiter does not come around every day the son does not break a leg every day so in face of these occurrences or types of occurrences, yes, it is extremely difficult to say, was it good? Was it bad? Who knows? The outcome lies in the future. And only once all things have come and passed and you look back upon them, will you be able to see a net gain or lost judgment or weigh it out somehow. On things that do happen every single day, the outcome is a lot more predictable. It just becomes a matter of statistics. If if I do not have to wake up every day for work, I just have to wake up this particular day. And on this particular day, somebody is noisy outside my window and keeps me from getting a good night's sleep. Then in this case, good, bad, who knows? The outcome will be seen. If somebody keeps me up from sleeping three times a week and I know I have to get up five times a week to get to work on time, the net outcome is likely going to be negative. So I think that's where these things come from. Okay, negative, fine. Let's mm -hmm. say, let's, let's play with it a little bit further. Um, he starts slacking at work. He's not sleeping well. He can't, he's slacking at work. Before he knows it, he's fired. And now this one job that gave him security for his whole life left him <coughs> cold. And he has, and he's in his mid-30s. And he's trying to figure out what the fuck to do with his life. And then at some point, something compels him after a couple of weeks of sulking to to pick up a camera because as a kid he always wanted to be a photographer and he just starts walking around and taking some pictures of of some trees and then before you know it he's propelled into a different career which and even then it's not even the end of the story because good bad or who knows we'll never know but i'm simply saying that when we when we try and put an end to anything it's saying that's where it'll lead in the end everything that happens leads to the next thing and where wherever you are now whoever you are now is a result of every single thing that's ever happened to you and so it doesn't matter it truly doesn't matter to to decide if it's good or bad but you know sometimes you think well look i get it philosophically and logically it's sound <laughs> it makes sense 
but that doesn't mean that like you should keep a bunch of people up. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a difference between looking at the positive or negative end result or possibly positive or negative end result versus the initial impulse itself being positive, positive or negative. Those are two separate things. Yes, ultimately, somebody keeping me up at night and not allowing me not allowing me to properly sleep, the ultimate end result could be positive. Another example would be, well, this person gets fed up with it, decides to move apartments, moves into new apartment, meets a beautiful neighbor next door, turns out to be their life partner. Amazing. Perfect. Story carries on and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it doesn't change anything about the fact that the while the end or next outcome turned out to be a positive, the initial impulse was still a negative. Yeah, I, I feel like this is one of those things where you, you simply can't get out of it. There's no... No, no, of course not. It's an endless no, loop. There's, there's just no way, which brings us to having... We were trying to come up with ideas for travel rest. You know, hmm. relief when you most need it. You know, Sue, what are, what are some moments in your life where you need relief? <laughs> where you need your relief? Hmm. What, are what are situations you don't where want to... Where are you standing in? a lot? It's like, you know, you just get locked and thrown in solitary confinement. Exactly. Like, You're going to spend 30 days here. It's like, no. You put the travel rest and you just sleep through the whole thing. It's like, yeah, it's not so bad it's now. It's not so bad. Yeah, it's not so bad. You could make it so that, dark. That could be an ongoing motif of a character who's placed in extremely miserable situations. And just as like the dramatic music swells up, the camera <laughs> zooms in on their face. And then it's just like the climax and drama immediately cuts as the person just shrugs and nonchalantly goes, eh, it's not so bad. And pulls out a travel rest and sleeps through whatever the problem is. Travel rest. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Actually, yeah, it's like you're now in solitary. You're now going to death row. You're going to fry in the chair you're in an airplane that's crashing like whatever it's like eh, it's not so bad <laughs> extreme extreme and you always see like that yeah you see the the ultimate positive outcome after the slate of course well, i i would i would not so much be drawn to the big fiery ones that look like he's about to explode and die but more the ones where it's like <laughs> he has to sort of face you have to endure and resign himself exactly and endure a type of fate so solitary confinement his, being stuck at sea his wife reveals to him that she's cheating on him <laughs> eh it's not so bad exactly he inflates it in the bed <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, are, what are some situations in life that you wish you could just <laughs> skip or hibernate <laughs> exams Except like yeah, his theory is I'm gonna hibernate through this. Except like he wakes up and realizes, well, yeah, I slept through it. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> no, but I'm like, well, no, the, the whole outcome has to be that somehow it worked out like miraculously. <laughs> well, no, I, I had. I feel like we're a man resigning himself to his fate. Just be like, okay, not so bad. <laughs> Can we think of like uh, any uh, famous Palestinian? Who like moved to Jordan? Let's see. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like the origin story of, or the story of the life of this famous person in Jordan. Basically, the way that they got through to be who they are is because of travel rests. So like when they moved from, the, from the war 1948 to Jordan, it was not that bad because he has to like in the civil war in the middle of the crossfire. <laughs> exactly. Like and and that that's the reason why these people succeeded. You know what I mean? Like. It's because of that that got them through it. 
exactly you just tell all these different <laughs> just they stories. knew when to chill it could be anybody but it would be great if it was like someone known this man could chill anywhere <laughs> what if like the origin story of, of like any head of state like like I don't know they just survived and then they th travel people thought that travel rust was something of royalty <laughs> stuff like that just like mistake after mistake you know, I'm picturing I'm picturing also situations where you being asleep and essentially because you're asleep, keeping your cool saves the situation, such as a, I'm just picturing a scene where a dude is sleeping on a travelerist pillow in the middle of a poker tournament and he keeps winning it because nobody can read his bluffs because he's asleep. <laughs> exactly. So oh, yeah, everybody yeah. else is just sweating around the table, looking nervously at their cards, trying to get a read on the guys like can't i can't tell does he have it does he not i fold power naps <laughs> just between the yeah and just wakes up with a fortune of chips in front of him what if what if it's like just travel rest the, the pillow is so comfortable that you really cannot move from the chair or from whatever he's sitting on so like stephen hawking <laughs> stephen hawking <laughs> like it took you know it's one of those things where it describes the, the the massive effort that society has undergone to try and like tackle this national mystery of the man exactly. who's like how do we peel him off this like, chair? oh no i could have gotten up at any time i was just too comfortable exactly <laughs> Sounds really bad, but <laughs> how do you do it that doesn't make fun of that condition? You know. Well, listen, it's 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 not about making. You know what I mean? It's like we we can make it offensive if we wanted to be offensive, but it's not offensive. It's just what it is. <laughs> it's just so comfortable. There's no judgment. It's just the people. Yeah, are like, like you're not making fun of the condition yeah. itself. So what are what are things situations that are uh, uncomfortable, but not so much like torture or isolation, but more uncomfortable moments in life that you could do, do um, awkward. you could come up with like Nathan for you degrees of painful painful awkwardness well, I'm just thinking off. awkward in general so it's any any stuff that I'm thinking of as awkward in general just so many school situations <laughs> of being called on in class um, anything to do with legal proceedings such as divorces or being in court I'm imagining um, a, a, a playground it's like this kid just uses it as a defense mechanism because these kids aren't gonna like kick the sleeping can't <laughs> he just like sleeps his way out of anything as soon as stuff gets real sleep go to bed that could be a grave <laughs> we had we had this uh one of this our high school friends uh his thing in senior year was to sleep he would sleep all the way till till lunch sometimes skipping class and skipping school meeting and all this stuff so um the, the when we made the senior video uh or when Rob made it, like he asked, and the question was, "What are you going to be in ten years?" Be, his answer was sleeping. What if it was, like that could be a great <laughs> tribute to him, or to Kings, or to the video, or to travel rest. Like, <laughs> so just... oh man, what this is? So, I don't want to be in advertising, just because what it means. But I like the idea of just coming up with stupid ads like this, where. You just, you, it's about coming up with a clever use of a concept. You know, it's not about metrics. It's not about quantifying numbers. It's not about focus groups. It's just about <clears throat> telling a joke, you know? That's it. It's the easy stuff. Like we could come up with, but it just, like, we, just as a creative exercise, name any kind of product, any kind of product. Suit, give it a try. 
Well, we'll come up with some good ad in 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, a bath. You ready? Sure, hit us. A bathrobe. All right, Sue. Any kind of product. A bathrobe. <laughs> just keeps going. Any product. Just any. A bathrobe. There's a lot of products out any, there. You just, just need to just pick a, one. Just a product. <laughs> Sue. <laughs> Is he testing the travel wrist? What? <laughs> I'm not sure if he's messing with us at this point. Has he disappeared? I'm. He's still in the chat. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's crazy, Evan. I've been talking to no why, one. Why can't we hear you then? The thing is, because he's recording, <laughs> his recording will hear him the whole way through. Yes, so, everything. Everything that I said. This network drop. <laughs> he could just respond to us right now, except we won't hear it in the live recording, only in the <laughs> after the fact. Hello? Okay, so we need to start riffing on a mystery product that he's given us and we don't know what it is. Okay, um, <laughs> it could be anything. It could be a bar of soap, man. I was going to say, I was going to say toothpaste what or about, something like that. What about now? Okay, no, oh, he's there. Yep, there oh, you are. <laughs> I was saying, I was talking to you guys and you were just like, oh my god. Ignore it. So it's actually going to be really funny. <laughs> so this is this is what happened. I have to tell you the story of what happened with with the characters who are you. Bring us back to one minute <laughs> yeah, ago. But you don't exist in the story. You know, I'm telling you the story right now. <laughs> We are non-entities. So you're like, okay, okay, uh, Sue, just give us a product right now. And I go, bathrobe. And then I don't hear anything. And he's like, Sue, give us a product right now. <laughs> and then I said bathrobe. And then I just said, imagine as if, like, Rob was actually trying to ignore me because, he, like, he's like, he was so confident that anything that we could do is, like, we could promote it. And then I give him this bathrobe and he's like, shit, I have no ideas. So I'm just going <laughs> to just Pretend ignore like him and, and ask him again. <laughs> So I was telling you that idea, and you're just like, Sue, are you there? <laughs> and then I started realizing, oh shit, it looks like they don't, they can't hear me. And then, and then James was like, let's 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 do something, <laughs> or it could be a bar of soap, or let's we have to we have to make a commercial of something that he said that we do not know what it is. You just like, you feel like you're trapped trapped in a box, and you can't say anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like doing that when you're on Discord and you can you can kind of play God where you can mute somebody. <laughs> Be like, you stop now. I shall smite you. Yeah, and then they have to just... Or at least mute you. But it's it's a powerful way to silence someone. And it's like, you know what? Enough out of you. <laughs> That's not, it's not nice, you know? No, not... Well, what's nice? You know? <laughs> What's good? Define nice, but anyway, bathrobe. All right, we said bath. We we said bathrobe. So, okay, so what, what does a bathrobe hmm. solve? A bathrobe solves you from being cold. It's wetness. 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 It solves wetness, but it also is like it's the stereotype thing that you have in the morning, that you wear in. The morning. Or just like comfiness, and it embodies comfort, laziness, being it's at home. Embodies comfort, and but where's the least appropriate place you could possibly wear a bathrobe? New York City. Uh, like anywhere, even in your apartment or anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that because I feel like New York City is one of those cities where you are most likely to meet somebody wearing a bathrobe out in the street. Mm. That'd be cool. Yeah, you're right. 
like New York City and LA and maybe Miami are the three places I would definitely like I would not be surprised to meet somebody in a bathrobe just straight up doing their groceries yeah but in Jordan um I I would not expect somebody to wear a bathrobe to the criminal hearing where they are the suspect of murder oh no the judge is the one wearing the bathrobe (laughs) Yeah, well, they kind of already do. So <laughs> that's funny. Uh, when you when you take people who are supposed oops, to, wrong robe. The concept is take people who are in supposed positions of authority and give them a bathrobe. That that's their uniform. The president giving the State of the Union speech. Exactly, but it's like they're in the full breakfast getup. <laughs> Every speech is in the full breakfast. Yeah, it still has some cereal in their beard or something, exactly. and paper tucked under the arm, coffee with mug in hand. You know, State of the Union. lit cigarette. <laughs> like, what if every, here's the movie? Here's the question: What if everything in history happened before breakfast? <laughs> oh, that is. That's a nice idea. I like that. <laughs> and that's the bath. That's your bathrobe campaign. Yeah, every and the slogan would be something like that. Our bathrobes are so comfortable that they would have they would rewrite history. Well, I mean, in some sense, it's just it's like a this is a dreamy a historical fiction indulgence of what if all these incredible things happened before breakfast, <laughs> right? That's just how I want to picture it. Like we want, and this is how you, and this is how you will feel every day when wearing our bathrobe. When you say it, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I'll feel that way. <laughs> Ooh, well now I gotta try. I mean, I, he, you could really just command people to do things. I think if you said <laughs> commanded Sue to do something, he would probably de- he'd probably do it. What if consume infants? This is a crazy idea. If you record, if you record a scene, okay, and you are, you record as uh, the thoughts of someone, and you bring someone, and you put some headphones on them, and you become their consciousness, and all they do is just think about what they have to, and you 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 create the whole scene like drinking juice and going, opening the door and, and finding someone else, for example, and the person is just listening and responding to your what you're thinking which is what they're thinking because it's, you know what i mean does that is that does that make sense hmm. I, I, i'm almost there i feel like I, I need you to explain it in different terms so if we were to co- re- record james uh uh let's see right now like uh, i'm sitting at a desk so i'm, I'm, uh, I'm sitting here i had uh, i need to do some homework um, so this is James recording the thoughts of what Sue was sitting at his desk contemplating the work ahead that he had to accomplish uh, this but day. But in first person. Ah. But in, with, without describing what you I do. was sitting at my desk. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to give you some direction. So there's a there's a more serene peacefulness of spirit in this voice. This is a very calm voice in the universe. <clears throat> I'm sitting at my desk contemplating the work ahead that i have to do today but you say what you're contemplating about like hmm, like in like, have four pa- give me an example uh, i have four papers uh, due today one's for mr tamayaki the other one oh man that that kind of way mm-hmm. what if you and then you'd have these then you have this play out for people and they would act it out essentially yes, through just wearing headphones and then there are characters who are part of it and they're talking to you and you respond you become that person. Anywho, it seems like it is either really deep thought or really not deep thought. No, it, um, there's a there's definitely some interest to it. 
God, what was I going to say? Also, when you define it that way, that that comes down to like the same definition as everything in existence in the entire universe either is or is not a banana. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's, a, it's like a video game in real life. I mean, I, to be honest, <laughs> I really like this idea of someone having this wise soul speaking to him in his own head constantly. Yeah. As yeah. a character. It's, it, it gives you a very... In, as someone who wants to sort of share wisdom and and put it in ways that will translate it to new generations of people you know chains of wisdom that humans have had for millennia that sort of gets severed this actually you're reminding me of a skeleton concept idea that we had for one of the tfg concepts that it just got shelved and we didn't ultimately use it but it's really close to one where um the whole gist of it was that the students, the kids, were being accompanied and followed everywhere throughout their day by adults, and only towards the end of the video do we realize that those are their adult selves. And essentially, it's like a symbiotic thing where as the kid is learning these new things, so we can see these changes immediately uh, conceptualize and materialize on their adult self versus their adult self, like proudly remembering, watching back and looking back at or watching over who they used to be and where they are now and that kind of concept. I vaguely remember that idea. Sounds a bit, sounds a little bit like this. It takes me to that Rick and Morty uh, concept where... Um you everywhere he has the stone that sort of leads him to, to dying with Jessica mm-hmm. and you know what I mean the, yeah, yeah absolutely the, like the crystal yeah schools where every decision you make is affecting you know the, the, the existence you know the cool kids say hey come hang out with us and another kid says hey you want to play some chess and you know you get you see the crossroads of where you could go and the crossroads of where you could go and then you get to this idea of having an interactive story, you know, an interactive story where you actually go deep into the into each sort of possible cross. Because I I really think an interactive film would only be valuable if it has really a lot of work in it. But I like that idea a lot. I mean, I love the concept of these interactive multiple choice kind of projects. Yeah, Bandersnatch from Black Mirror was a it was a disappointment because it was. It felt like it was supposed to be so big, but there were really very few storyline options, like three threads, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sure, to, but at the more. same time, if you... Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, you're if you're making... I feel like it's somewhat easier to actually make this kind of project on a small scale versus on a big one, because if you take a feature-length film, for example, then instead of having, let's say, 30 minutes worth of plot where you have to have diverging decisions and plot points and situations, you now have 90 minutes worth of diverging plot points and situations. You are exponentially, there's exponentially more stuff that you need to shoot. And then obviously within each parallel storyline that can branch off, there are going to be even more and different and varied choices within that. So if you're making a 10 minute short film or even just a five minute short film, Let's say that the ultimate amount of footage that you will make to encompass your entire vision and all the extra choices you can make will be, let's just say off the top of my head, 45 minutes. 
So for five minutes worth of film, you will have 45 minutes worth of actual finished footage that a person can watch and get to and click through somehow. But all in all, the runtime will always be five minutes. If you're making a 90 minute film, you'd have to film like, you know, maybe an entire day worth of footage or not film, but like have completed a day's worth of footage and most of it nobody will ever even see because they'll only click through certain paths and plot lines. Mm -hmm. So what if we think a little bit outside the box? You know, mm -hmm. My idea was, well, what is the real benefit of an interactive story? Like, wh why would anybody engage with an interactive story? And I thought, well, it's, it's a role-playing game and it's a way of putting yourself in it. So... Okay, it, so it's not necessarily entertainment where you sit back. It's an engaged form of entertainment that you have to that you have to be involved in. And so, really, what you're after is a human experience, not just a, a way to kick back and enjoy the day at the end of the day. You're looking for a human experience. So, what if instead of each each thing being a thread that sort of comes up with some sort of convoluted answer for oh, this is where this leads you, this storyline, this it's more. You, you turn left, you turn right. You can end up in a conversation with this person or end up in a conversation with this person. Mm, you're talking about making a project where all the multiple choices, or at least the majority of the multiple choices you encounter, are completely commonplace and not the big important set pieces that your audience will be expecting, such as, do you confess your love to this character? Yeah. Or, or, sorry, or does our protagonist confess their love or hide their feelings? But it's going to be stuff like, do you pick the bagel or the croissant? Low risk know. decisions. But they all ultimately affect the flow of the day yes. somehow. And some don't. Some, the whole point is that some of them, you pick the bagel, well, you eat it for breakfast. You pick the croissant, well, you ate it for snack later. And you're like, no difference. I don't mean yeah. it like that necessarily, though. It's more like you ask a certain question and you, can, you have this... You, you essentially film for an hour and a half with one person in a room, point of view style, and you just interview them. And then the questions you ask them, you have your character be able to ask them. And it essentially allows you to ask them those questions yourself. And it becomes like you are engaging with them. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is sort of get intimately connected to people in a way that they feel comfortable. Sort of bearing their soul to you in this private environment where it's just you, a camera, and them. And you talk and it's real. And it adds up to this product of human, human beings, real human beings connecting with other human beings, you know, not just some form of entertainment. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I thought of another, this, yeah, very similar idea. Just kind of, it's like, it's kind of a game to speak with someone like uh, Nelson Mandela, for example. And you'd have to have, have to go through the game in order to reach a certain point where it's just filtered and... One person gets to the end and gets to speak to them. Oh, interesting. So your audience will drop off as you go, essentially. Yeah. And it's like this hype of a game to to meet the great or whoever. I'm not sure if I get it. One more time, Rob? I'm not sure if I get it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Sue. It's just a, it's a race. It's, it's, it's basically a race to towards uh, uh, reaching a... A certain point where you're able to meet, uh, you know, someone who's full of wisdom and, you know, just a person you can and talk to 
and yeah, interview. The, essentially that the end goal of this project or this video, the end goal and end result and climax will only be accessible to a very, very select few or maybe even only one audience member. What kind of climax? <laughs> The best kind. Um, it's the best kind. Um, it reminds me a little bit of... Have you ever heard of a place, a website called the most exclusive website on the internet? No. It's just a very silly concept. There's not much to it, but it's kind of a... It's one of those clever ideas that somebody came up with. It's an internet page that only allows one person at a time to actively be viewing it. Yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty similar. And you, essentially, if you go to this website, you will obviously not be the person who will view it at that moment. You see a counter showing what position in line you are to see the website. So people wait. And I believe that once you're once you're admitted in, you do. There is a timer that will kick you out at some point. You can't just stay as long as you like. And I don't even remember what's on it. I think you can like leave a little message on a message board for whoever comes after you. And but I like this idea that. You know, at this moment, you are the only person in the entire world looking at this website. Nobody else can be doing it. And anybody else who ha who wants to will will have either come before you or will come after you. It's it. Yeah, it's exclusivity on the most accessible place. No, nobody has touched this, this in the Internet more than any, anything else. And you're the only person on this page. It's cool. I like that phrase, inclusive exclusivity, essentially. Exclusive in the most inclusive place ever. <laughs> because usually exclusivity is obviously linked to things like having to be ultra rich and so forth. But this is, no, anybody can access it, but only one person can. Yeah. Exactly. But it can be anybody, but it will only be one. <laughs> exactly. There's magic to that, yeah. I think what it comes down to is giving everybody a fair shot, right? That's the only thing. That's how it. That's why it feels so sincere. Because mm -hmm. <clears throat> exclusivity suggests an an unfair shot, right? I don't know. I wouldn't say there is any fairness brought into well, it. No, no. If if you say exclusive, <clears throat> it means it's not everyone has the same shot at the, to be able to access these exclusive. Well, things. no, they might have the same shot, but not everybody will get it. Well, come on, let's be honest. There, there's a certain type of country club where, if you're if you're a certain type of person, you're not going to get into one of these clubs. So okay, no, but now you're now you're just mentioning specific things that happen to be exclusive. Anything exclusive does not like something being exclusive does not bring a concept of fairness to it, or lack of it. You know, I I suppose what I was saying is that you can take the this particular website out of the real world scenario because what it means is that nobody can have a better chance at getting on that website than any anybody else it's a completely equilibrium complete equilibrium of opportunity mhm mm wow tis indeed tis indeed but yeah it, it, linking it back to to Sue's idea of the project i like the uh, the concept of a essentially a multiple choice storyline where somehow or for some reason that makes ideally makes sense within the plot and story itself only one person at a time not forever can be viewing the end of this plot okay so here's where this idea has taken me now you know what if you essentially have deep discussions 
with some of the wisest men and women on the planet. You know, actual, from a very different type of wisdom. To have shamanic wisdom and Indian, you know, in, in the American, like Navajo wisdom, for example. Whatever. And you know what I'm saying? And interview these people and then form it. But also, and then translate it into a character that you then either film. I'm not sure if you'd have to film it. That's a separate point. And use it as an interactive storytelling way where the game is to acquire the wisdom. But you have to be able to reach a certain point of conversation. But you have to be able to know how to reach that with these people. So it's like, the game is just wisdom. And I think people really crave that kind of stuff these days. Things that feel meaningful constantly. Rather, rather than things that have some underlying meaning, like Rick and Morty, you know? You feel smart because you know it has an underlying meaning. But do you really get it? No, not really. Dan Harmon doesn't want you to get it. He wants you to feel stupid. Do you really think Dan Harmon really goes that deep yes. into things? Virtually everybody who studies philosophy does. The, there's a, when you study that much philosophy, you cannot help but consider your mind to be of a different caliber than the average mind. And it makes perfect sense in your own mind because of what you understand and what you know because you feel like you have more answers than the average person. Hmm. Like, I don't think this is a rule without fail, but I could tell you that this is probably pretty accurate in general. I see your point. It's just the, the fact of the matter. There's no... <laughs> it, is, it is basically a numbers game. It is basically a numbers game. That is correct. Have we, uh, have we exhausted... Are we uh, reaching the end of the gasoline tonight? Is that this, or are we just about our, to hit our second wind? Join us after the break. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, okay, yes, so five minute break, guys. Just uh, all right to uh, refresh. What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys up to? Any so, so you have to speak out, out, outside of the mic. You know, has any any, any any plans? This yeah. So uh, <laughs> have, yeah, have you been doing anything over the weekend or any plans? Anything good there? <laughs> You're right, so I appreciate it. Ah, man. Weekend. Yeah, no, my back's, my back's hurting, man. I, I was pulling my, uh, doing deadlifts uh, the other day, and I, I just pulled it wrong. I don't know what it was. Wait, by, by the way, how long do we have to keep this illusion going that we're all in, like, different places and different countries? Like, we're all in the same room. Everybody knows that, right, by now? Uh, I don't know if you had... Near yeah. surmise. Near surmise. Anyway, uh, do you like orange juice? Uh, we got we got fresh orange juice. We have uh, uh, cranberry, and then the, there's there's also there's also uh, carrot juice. Which uh, carrot juice. oh yeah no perfect. Can you can yeah can you pass me the orange juice right there? Yeah sure. Thanks. One second. I think I need to add a little bit more for you. Oh no, that's just right. Thanks. Okay, so Thanks. Okay, good. One two. The, the, the big <clears throat> to sit in silence. Silence on a dull, dark dock in a pestilential prison. Bob, Bob, can you fix my mic, please? It's kind of dipping all over the place, please. Like, I need it in front of my face, or I swear to God I'm going to quit next time. Oh, Bob is really beginning to drive me crazy. <laughs> no, he, he's really slacking off lately. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be willing to put up with this between you, you and me. I think it's the, I think it's the marital problems. To, just don't, don't have to tell him anything about that. 
Oh, wait, he's back. Yeah. Yep, yep, just right there. Yep, thanks. Perfect. Yep. Hey, hey, oh, oh Bob. Would you, would you mind just letting us know how, how you think, how you think we did today? We'd really yeah, appreciate no, right, your, yeah, right now. your feedback. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. It's important. Bob. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm. You don't have, you, you don't have words? Great. Mm. Jay? Yeah, no, it's cool. See, <laughs> we'll see you later. Yeah, cool, cool. And, okay, there, he's gone. Thank God. <laughs> okay, we're uh, we got uh, ten seconds, boys, before we're back on. All right, <clears throat> get your mics in position. Solemn silence, solemn silence, solemn silence. On in, on in five, four, three, two. <laughs> two. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> the cue, cue for the moment for the music. Three, two, one, and James, you're on. And we're back. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the word from our sponsors there. And we were getting really deep into the metaphysical stuff of everything right now. You know, conscience, God, what does it all mean? Why does it have to mean anything necessarily? Does it mean anything? I don't think so. But more about that. Well, I think metaphysics is probably the good place for us to be uh, beginning this discussion. Because you see, what is metaphysics? You know, metaphysics has two kinds of opponents. You know, the first are the philosophers of science, most particularly the group known as the logical positivists, who say that only the natural sciences can legitimately investigate the nature of reality, and that metaphysics is simply a collection of unprovable assertions that are unnecessary to the scientific observation of reality. For a true understanding of reality, metaphysics is too mystic, quote, mystical. This is clearly the group with which Franz Boas, a famous archaeologist, uh, anthropologist, some context, and because of him, modern anthropo American anthropology belongs. The second group of opponents are the mystics. The term mystic is sometimes confused with occult or supernatural and with magic and witchcraft, but in philosophy it has different meaning. Some of the most honored philosophers in history have been mystics. Plotinus, Swedenborg, Loyola, Shankracharya, and many others. They share a common belief that the fundamental nature of reality is outside language, that language splits things up into parts while the true nature of reality is undivided. Zen, which is a mystic religion, argues that the illusion of dividedness can be overcome by meditation. The Native American church argues that peyote can force-feed a, a mystic understanding upon those who were normally resistant to it, an understanding that Indians had been deriving through vision quests in the past. This mysticism, Dusenberry thought, it's a guy who was investigating the Indians, is the absolute center of, tradition, of traditional Indian life. And as this anthropologist Boas had made clear, it is, an it is absolutely outside the domain of positivistic science and any anthropology that adheres to it. The last part you need some context for. Anyway, this is a passage, as soon as you said it, I had it in my hand. It was like, I thought it was super interesting just to think of this whole subject, man. Metaphysics. This whole That's definitely a deep rabbit hole right well, there. Th 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 this is idea that they have in Zen is that by thinking you move further from thought, from reality, because reality is undivided. We divided it. And so it makes you think, well, why should we think? 
Isn't the process of thought our attempt at understanding reality better? But how can we understand something that which precedes understanding? What do you mean? It was before it could be understood. Well, it doesn't need to be understood to be. We're not trying to change that, we're just trying to understand it. That You understanding something does not impact its existence. For sure, but my point is, to what degree do we actually understand it? And I think we understand it through well, a certain bit lens. by bit, more and more. It yeah. seems that way. It seems that way. But there's a good chance that everything we understand is... In 300 years, I'm, I really would love to see how people regard our general sort of scientific consensus now, how they'll regard it in 300 years. Mm. Because if history has said anything, every couple... I mean, if you look 100 years back in history, they're scientific Neanderthals. And it's going to look the same way a hundred years from now. So that's why I just try well, not to if be it, too if sure it looks the it. same way, then there's going to be, if it looks the same way, then it's going to be a lot of things that might be proven to be completely wrong or misunderstood or viewed in a just skewed angle. And some things, hopefully more than few, but some things that turn out to be like, yep, we got that right. That's been unchanged ever since. Yeah, of course. There's, I mean, there's plenty of principles that you have from the times of the ancient Greeks where it's just like, yep, that's correct. There's been no change to that since then. What do you have in mind? Oh, like Pythagoras theorems and all these things like basics of uh, astronomy and all these kinds of things. Planetary movements, positions of stars, understandings of um, things such as water displacements, like basic physical principles, levers, applied forces. All these things have been divined correctly in those times. Obviously, then there were plenty and plenty of things which were completely misunderstood or gotten wrong. But that's the thing. That's the beauty of physics and mathematics, right? That it's theorized that that is Mathematics and physics is the language of the universe because it is the physics that work and apply can be applied on our planet are the same physics that will apply on a different planet as well. At least, of course, we could turn out to be wrong about that as well, potentially. But, you know, one plus one here is still one plus one over there as well. So using mathematics and physics to understand the underlying nature of the universe is why those principles are often elaborated upon and built upon, but not that often once you fairly accurately scientifically prove something to be this way with a formula or some such, it's rarely then corrected later on with somebody going, actually, it's not that like that. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think the field of physics has, but within its own design of whatever it is, is they create mm -hmm. physics a, a great i think a great field where it is true what you're saying where you look back a hundred years and we're neon neanderthals is medicine like sure there's still some things that we probably got right even from ancient greek times and roman times but obviously that was much more rudimentary medicine if you look at the works of uh, da vinci and what he was trying to understand about the human body then a lot of it is correct even to this day like muscle structures the work of muscles versus skeletons and joints and all these things he got that right but at the same time yeah you go back 150 years and you look at how we thought mental illness were and how to treat it and it's like well just put some opium and then electrocute them and put them in ice water and that'll fix it and you know 
you can the the human body in medicine is something that is still constantly progressing and that's one of those fields where i feel like we get so many things wrong and eventually we get them right but looking back that's a very short time span where you can look back and see like oh yeah 30 years we had no idea where we were completely wrong <laughs> man you know what what's funny man is that you take a lot of time and you put a lot of care into explaining your perspective but you fall prey to the fact that you have a very soothing voice <laughs> and people are just like it's very pleasant to listen to yeah but do i fall prey to it or are you ultimately just going to when i end my thought are you just inclined to say yeah you know you're right in which case i win exactly it is the art of the politician. It doesn't matter what I say. I just need to say it with conviction and talk long enough. Exactly. And say it in exactly the right way. <laughs> Length and tone. It's all about delivery. I agree with all of these statements. You know, you know, you know what I find interesting is uh, that you can think of video and sound in some sense the same way, right? Like... Uh, I, I, uh, blanking on the on the actual terms and, and audio, but like the frame rate and the and the uh, the ISO and like these things exist as in terms of light, but also in terms of waves, and that's what's like mm -hmm. they, they both combine in in that same in that same way, and that has to be a building block of some sense, right? In of the, the world, end, mm -hmm, absolutely manipulating frequency. That's what you're. That's everything. Yes. That's exactly. all it is, manipulating frequency. Yeah, essentially, I open a hole on my face, cause the air to vibrate at certain frequencies, and I change the molecular chemical process inside your brain to agree with me. <laughs> That's why he just agrees with you. <laughs> it's kind of like black magic, isn't it? What's funny is that we're sitting here riffing, talking about funny shit over the like, last couple of minutes, and then every now and then we like slide into an NPR discussion. <laughs> <laughs> we slide. Funny is debatable, but yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, we come up. We had some funny ideas, man. <laughs> Didn't we have some good ideas? No, absolutely. I'm just messing with you. I don't know who remembers the type of stuff we've been talking about, you know, for our episode notes. Hopefully, our recording does. Yeah, but then somebody has to listen to it. James, what, what do you find uh, most uh, appealing to uh, what is presented by manga and? anime and so forth in what sense you mean like what do i just find appealing about the art form yes, or why, why, why do you continue to watch it all the time um or at least well, i wouldn't to. say all the time i don't want to sound like an absolute weeb but <laughs> uh i don't know to me what i appreciate about about anime in general and to be fair i haven't read much manga so i'm i'm consume it mostly through the form of anime Great. whether shows or films but I think what appeals to me a lot is how differently stories are told than we are used to with our Western point of view. Mm -hmm. Because, and Western, yes, today Western largely means how Hollywood decides to tell stories, but um, not that Europe or other Western nations tell stories in a significantly different manner. It's just variations on the same tune. But if you look at Asian storytelling, whether we're talking China, Korea, Japan, other Asian territories, then the way they t 
tell a story, the way they build the blocks of it and how they structure things and character arcs and plot lines and all these things, it is done. Some things are similar and some things are very different. And it's just, if nothing else, it's very refreshing to see that. Now, that obviously doesn't mean it's for everybody. I mean, there's a lot of detrimental things that people will mention about anime as a style, and I can't fault them for that. They're not necessarily wrong. It all comes down to personal preference. Some people will say that it gets way too lengthy and drawn out and long-winded in certain parts and sequences and spends too much time on certain aspects. Mm -hmm. And they're not wrong. Like anime or Japanese storytelling will spend a lot more time on some things that we might not be used to as a Western audience. Mm -hmm. But if nothing else, to me, that's refreshing. And obviously, I've I like it. I've learned to like it, if nothing else. But it's just... It's a fresh angle on things, and it teaches you a different way of approaching a story, I think. Does, would I be wrong to say that I hear some, some sound of what sounds like defensiveness? Well, maybe not for me personally, but I am very much aware that to a lot of people, anime will always just be... It's hard for it to contend with big set pieces and shows like, I don't know, if you were to say something it's like Breaking mainstream. Bad, then... Hmm? It's not mainstream. It, um, cannot, it, it, it can be mainstream. Yeah. I mean, it obviously has a massive following, so depends what you consider mainstream. But what I mean is mm -hmm. a lot of people will automatically reject it simply based on the fact that it's a cartoon to put it very mm. simplistically, obviously, or, oh, it's, it's for kids or something. And sure, there's plenty of anime that's meant for kids. And I'm not going to lie, there's absolutely plenty of anime out there that is absolute garbage. But you can say the same about any form of creation. There's so there's much more music, much more TV shows, much more film that is garbage than what is good. That's a fact. So, like... That is goes with everything, right? The act of creation is to suck at something until something comes along and it's correct. Mm -hmm. So anime is the same. And there's obviously a lot of tropes that are popular around anime, such as, I don't know, the long-winded flashbacks and all these kinds of things, which are to a point true. Mm -hmm. Again, it's just a different way of looking at things. But ultimately... Yeah, I guess the reason why I might sound a bit defensive of it is because I know that those who are not already into this style of anime, then they might be very skeptical to it. Mm -hmm. They might approach it with a point of view of, oh, but like, isn't this some silly thing for kids? Yeah. For those who do don't watch it, they kind of don't watch it for a conscious reason. Mm -hmm. And I understand it. It can be... It can be a difficult barrier to break through. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's I feel like there's a lot of anime, both shows and films, which in terms of create sheer creativity and storytelling and the plots that they try to tell you and how they tell them, both mm -hmm. visually and just writing-wise, mm -hmm. definitely rival some of the best live-action content that we have both today and in like modern cinema, whether we're talking films or TV shows. There's definitely stuff out there that would rival it in my mind. That's great to hear. An idea of, um, if you can come up with a series that makes short steps out of the comfort zone, small steps, you know, mm -hmm. that slowly, slowly acclimatizes the audiences to a a type of discomfort 
that they didn't have prior to that. But they get used to it because it's only incremental. Some kind of like slow immersion therapy, essentially. Exactly. No, no, no talk therapy, you know. Play with them psycholo- psychologically. Get them out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Interesting that you've... I mean, it's not a bad idea, obviously. I just find it interesting that you'd think of doing that through a show because normally that is a process that would be undertaken by your social circles, for example. For instance, if you're not comfortable with, you're not much of an extrovert, so you might not be comfortable speaking publicly, not necessarily, I'm not talking in front of an audience, but speaking publicly in front of others or groups of people or people you might not be familiar with. And ideally, if you're surrounded by a a good social circle, be that friends, peers, whatever, then through active or passive means, they would be the ones who might nudge you in the direction of learning how to do that, thus exiting your comfort zone and doing something new. I'm not saying it's not valid as an idea to do it through the means of a TV show or a documentary or any audiovisual project like you mentioned, but it's funny, it's, it's kind of like a substitute for something that should be done by your surrounding social circles. Well... I feel like there are different ways to tell stories, you know? Of course. So many ways. And on that note... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. where, where, are, where are you, James? Uh, I'm right now, I'm in Prague. Ah, okay. Okay, cool. Do you want to give us your exact address and bank account information? I am a Nigerian uh, well, prince. I, <laughs> I, am, I, am, I have an idea. We stole our buddy's identity for the weekend. Guys, can we be... You won't believe what happened next. Can we be serious about legitimately having at least five people on the podcast? Like, <laughs> just like guys from Nigeria and be like, we just talk to the men? Wouldn't that just, be crazy? So much more hello. interesting. So much more interesting than talking to people who've like, because virtually all the podcasts these days are talking to people who have something to say, <laughs> you know. And everyone has a story. Everyone has a message. Everyone has. A... I don't want to listen to somebody who has something to say. <laughs> I want to listen to a human being that's just like. For a total you, you there? Do you have something to talk about? Uh, no, not really. Perfect. Tell me more. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I want it. <laughs> I think we should start with the Japanese guy. Come on, just have a go. And we should tell him, like, stay only in anime voice character. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, God, I can't this, I can't it. would be really intense, though. I think we'd have to be on the same energy level, yeah. You would have to be screaming back at Because <gasps> you couldn't possibly respond to him quietly. Or you'd have to the whole time, and that's the whole gist of it. <laughs> this totally imbalanced Just be like, conversation. Mm, yes, that's very interesting. Thank you for letting me know about that. How do you get to Kotaba? You don't... Mm, you don't say. <laughs> I don't know if someone is knocking... It's the ghost. What's that sound? 
is there someone? There's a lot of like stepping on the ceiling above me. Um, I'm not even talking that loud. Boom, like boom, boom. It sounds like dancing. <laughs> well, it is Friday night. <laughs> Party time. If it's, a, if it's a dance, I'm happy. I just was hoping I wasn't bothering anybody. Mm. So I don't like to bother people, you know? Well, it seemed earlier like you were trying to rationalize the entire concept of bothering people because, hey, it might pay off in the end. <laughs> hey, I was just trying to follow that thought, train of thought, you know? I thought it was an interesting train of thought. I don't put any value judgments to these trains of thought. I don't consider them to have validity. I just express them. Now that's a tasty power move. It's <laughs> hmm. a great phrase. <laughs> Think about it in general. Have the word in the back of your mind, you know? Think about how you can add tasty power moves to your repertoire, you know? The repertoire. You know, you're in the bar. And there's a guy who's giving two girls a little bit of trouble. You're the bartender. What's a tasty power move? Tasty power move. What do you do? Write the character. What's a badass thing for this bartender to do that's not like beating the guy? Oh, when he pretend that um, when the guy comes up and tries to buy drinks or unsolicited drinks for the girls or something, you just straight out tell him, yeah, your card's been declined. <laughs> Loud enough for everybody else to hear. Okay, that's one. But I think we could be dirtier, man. I think that you gotta get angry. You gotta get mean. <laughs> gotta get mad, brother. Mad. Tasty power move. Anyway, I think in general, we just need to think in the currency of tasty power moves, right? <laughs> it is a valuable currency, that's for sure. If we're honest, it's the only currency. Of course. In the end. I mean, some might say that I'd have a good example of one, which is something like if you happened to be, for example, oh, I don't know, playing Football Manager 2020 while recording a podcast. Now that's a tasty power move. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we've been talking to Soundboard Sue today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. You gotta engage with us. I I hit, I hit it, I hit it. And this is how it hit me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not even sure what hit who or why. <laughs> it's, but it's just how it is. It's the that, that's how it hit. Are you just gonna talk in slogans now? <laughs> it's just how it is. You gotta do what you gotta do. He's just gonna talk in total nonsense. Eh, forget about it. <laughs> it's a funny scene, man. Just. <laughs> eh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, what you gonna do about it? <laughs> would it be me or would it be Alex? No, it's like you have a friend who who loves to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, but and so you you want to be a good friend for them, so you just put your like you you lie there with your like ice on your forehead because you've got a fucking headache and you just press buttons to respond to him. That's like, eh, what you gonna do, about it? <laughs> huh? No way. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Tell me more about that. <laughs> and then you have to have the stereotypical situation of your soundboard getting stuck on repeat on a certain button. One of the buttons sticks. Dude, you could... Okay. Here's, a, here's maybe a deeper question. Could you come up with a soundboard that essentially leads someone to, like, really open up with you? <laughs> like, if you pretended like it was someone on the phone, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. But it has to be a challenge. It has to be a challenge. It has to be create a soundboard that will get you. We could try this as a fun challenge, actually. It's like start start something easier. <laughs> start oh, sure. Start with something simple, like get through a conversation with your partner or something on the phone, just a normal conversation, and you only have a soundboard at your disposal that only has 15 buttons or 10 oh buttons. That's, like, so that's a good Japanese show. Oh, right that's there. a great idea. Great <laughs> right? Idea. But then, but, but then, and like, you know what the scenario is beforehand. For example, like you are given three days to prepare a soundboard knowing that you will have to, for example, I don't know, if I say like call and order pizza, well, then that's obviously too simple. But if I say um, call in call in sick to work, but also explain what the problem is and be able to field any yeah. questions that they'll ask uh -huh. you, especially right now with, with the pandemic and everything. So you call up like, yeah, and your soundboard starts with, yeah, I'm not feeling so well. I can't really smell anything. And then your remaining nine buttons have to be able to field any questions that might come up for the rest of that conversation. You have three days to prepare the soundboard and then you have to go and do it. And we come up with a scenario that's different every time. Like today, you have to call somebody and try and arrange a date. Today, you have to do this, you know. <laughs> I honestly think like, okay, I'm not feeling so well. And then yeah, get somebody, get, a, get like, an introvert to open up to you. And they're going to say, so what, wait, do you think you have COVID? And then I say, bees mm. make honey that flows through the trees of a grassy knoll. <laughs> Are you and then just... <laughs> What is it about a sailboat that sails through the wind? <laughs> okay, I can see this is clearly serious. I'm going to let you rest. You can have the rest of the week off. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> now, having, having two you. separate goodbye. buttons dedicated to thank you and goodbye, now that's a tasty power move. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know... Tastier, like you're tastier. so confident in your skills that you you split it between two different buttons. Thank you. Good. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Four buttons. Like that is how big. Yeah, that is actually factually how uh, how large the penis is. I can't. <laughs> I can't decide if the scenario is funnier if you prepare the soundboard. Like you always have to prepare it fully seriously. It has to work for the situation. And you operate it yourself, or if somebody else has to operate it for you. No, 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 no. Okay. How about you start it with, like, you have to, your challenge is you have 10 things, you were 15 buttons, but I come up with the first thing that you have to say. <laughs> 
wait, I have a, that's a good one too. My, my slight alteration would be this. Um, we decide that the challenge is, for example, for you to call up a person and arrange a date, but you will be doing it as me. Therefore, I prepare the soundboard, but you will be operated, operating it, but you do not have a full transcript of what every button contains. You just have a generic yeah. transcript, like you do in multiple choice um, replies in RPG games. Like it often James doesn't say the... Ta James thinks about inviting her to pizza. <laughs> or like... Uh, in, like John pays her a compliment, you know, or something like that. But you don't know what the compliment is and how it will fit into the situation. You, or like uh, one will just say agreement and the other one say, says like, you know, disapproval or something like that. God, soundboards are a real space of entertainment. That's not bad. I kind of like this idea. People don't use them creatively like this. I haven't really seen them used this way. You get them used as pranks and stuff, obviously, but this is like a new challenge. The pranks are juvenile, right? We're coming, we're coming up with real creative challenges. Doesn't hurt much. You know, it's like that one Nathan for you episode where he has a a, a comedian or for, like first a seven year old read all the lines that he has to say or say. Do you remember that one? Where he's talking through seven year old. Vaguely. Anyway, it's another one. He he has a to do a job interview, but he has an earpiece. And in. the seven year old is feeding him the lines, yeah, right? And yeah. This one, another comedian is feeding him the lines, and he's trying to sabotage the interview, and so he's just like saying, saying the worst yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. He says, "My my mother fought in the war. Oh, which war? Oh, Iraq. Oh, okay. Yeah, she fought for Saddam against America." <laughs> And it just holds this, like, okay, uh, beginning of the job interview. <laughs> and he's like, I, I like kids. <laughs> like, to, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> you hear him say, it's like, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> he, Which implies so many other things as well. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Soundboards, okay. But the Suhai, the Sioux soundboard is way too easy. Come on, man, come on. <laughs> Where are you? Exist. I'm here. <laughs> you are alive. That's man. part of the soundboard. You are alive now. You are alive now. James, can you tell him? What exactly? That he is alive now. <laughs> oh, you're alive now. I am alive now. N not that he's. Not that now he's alive. <laughs> you are alive now. <laughs> alive. Oh, alive! I'm I see. alive. So, but we're also live because we're recording this live to an audience of twelve million satisfied customers. Give us the money, money. <laughs> I want the money. Give me the money. Imagine, imagine that's why we would do this. That sweet Skillshare money. Square space. Space. I have. Well, what was it? I heard a. I mean, we may as well go for the long haul if we have the energy. You know, let's just do. Let's just pump this out. Let's see if we can push us. Well, I was gonna say that on that note, I'm about to sign off. You don't want to try another hour? Nah, not today. Nah. 
I'm gonna return to my vestibule. I have people's thoughts to narrate. And narrate. That's really fun. And nightmares to appear in. Oh my god. And Mr. Nightmare. On that note. (laughs) Thank you. And stop. Stop.